0: because we're already doing it, all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. We couldn't possibly conclude the year without an assembly of the beauties of the beast panel. And so that's what we've done. Catherine Swift, president of the Coalition of Concerned Manufacturers and Businesses of Canada, CCMB, Former President and CEO of the Canadian Federation of Independent Business, Linda Leatherdale, Vice President of Cambria, Canada, former Money Editor of the Toronto Sun, and Michelle Simpson, former Liberal Member of Parliament and Parliamentary Seatmate to Justin Trudeau, which, as Michelle pointed out to us many times, was the four most exciting years of her life. <laughs> well, it was, wasn't it, Michelle?
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, well, it was certainly different.
0: Yeah. I maybe we'll get around to uh, some of your experiences we that you've shared with us in the past. Thank you all for making time for us on this. Why are we just a few days away from Christmas?
2: Hey, thanks for having us, Roy. Yeah, happy
1: Absolutely. to be here,
0: Roy. So, I what I asked you guys to do, and uh, please, folks, don't send me an email and say, don't say you guys. Please, uh, Catherine, why don't you tell, why not you why don't you just tell the truth about the you guys thing with between us?
3: I love it. I love it <laughs> me too almost as much as I love being called a beauty at my advanced age
0: <laughs> this is just something between us we've done this you and anybody guys who's, beauty
3: anybody thing. who's picking nits like calling people you guys which I've used my entire life with no gender uh, attachment to it at all uh, it really should have more things to worry about that's, that's my view
0: alright so there exactly. we go exactly so there's unanimity in the in the, uh, in, the uh, in the square here so what I did ask you to do—I haven't got courage to say it twice—what I did ask you to do was take a look at some of the events of 2022 and share with us the ones that most impacted you. So let me go to our former parliamentarian to start things off, Michelle Simpson. Michelle, what, uh, what really resonated with you in the last 12 months?
1: I'd have to say the, um, the fact that—and I'm speaking politically now— how low the bar has gotten for not only our federal but provincial and, in fact, down even in the states, how low the ethical bar and the bar, just period, is for these people. I'm just astounded. Every time you think it can't get worse, it does. And and I just, uh, you know, I'm so relieved that I'm not in the game anymore, as it were, because, <laughs> quite frankly, I-, I couldn't think to the depths that some of the politicians have this year.
0: Is there a, an incident, was there something in particular that uh, got you got you thinking this way uh, this year, or is it just a, a, a series of events?
1: Well, it, it more or less, to me, was a series of events. And, I, I you know, I find it incredible speaking uh, in Canada for the prime minister. He set the bar so low. Everyone was, you know, uh, going on about Mary Eng, the minister, this past week. And, you know, the ethical, break, breaking the law. No, I was going to say ethical lapse. But they break the law. And nobody has the decency to resign. And Trudeau lost the authority to demand anyone resign for ethically breaking the law when he's been cited three times.
0: Yeah, Twice convicted by the ethics commissioner?
1: Absolutely.
0: And uh, third time he was not, but twice certainly he was. Yeah, it's a very troubling situation. I spoke with, um, with Dolph Conacher yesterday of Democracy Watch, about this, and we were just talking about 20, 2002. Jean Chrétien, who certainly had his own problems, he uh, he is fired for a period of time. Art Egleton is the as the defense minister over an ethics issue. And before that, pe- ministers resigned if their ethics were questioned or proven to be wanting. They resigned from from their position. But now you write a an online apology and say it'll never happen again and. Everything's well, fine. How,
1: how do you call a minister honorable these days? <laughs> you know, I, no, there is no honor anymore uh, among many of them.
0: Okay, Ms. Leatherdale. Oh, uh, happy birthday.
1: Hey. Oh, you know, happy birthday, I, Linda.
2: Thank you. Catherine and I were just commiserating. We're getting up there, but it was Beethoven's birthday. I'm still not as old as he is, okay? But getting close.
0: Well, <laughs> yeah, when I, what did
3: I... We're not mature, yeah. you know. We may be old, but we're not mature. Okay, I I <laughs> And would, that's you all can... that really counts. <laughs> I love
0: it. Well I said I sent Linda an email and I said, you know, that today's young keyboard warriors would fare miserably at the keyboard against Ludwig.
2: The great, yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Song of Joy, Beethoven's ninth. Linda, what uh, what what this year stood out to you? What, what, what affected you? What, what, what do you remember of 2022?
2: Well, Roy, it's something that you and the beauties and I have discussed so often on your show, and that is the record household debt. And let's not forget government debt too, but that it was going to come to roost. So here we are in 2022, the Bank of Canada rates that at a quarter of a percent back in March it is now at 4.25%. And the misery this is causing families at the same time that you mentioned it earlier on your show, groceries. People are now stealing groceries, gas, you can't afford it. But people who are stuck in a variable rate mortgage are starting to default. In fact, on their mortgages um, in October, their monthly payments were not keeping up with interest. So. This to me is something that we predicted here. We've got 2.8 trillion in household debt, 2.1 trillion of that is in mortgages. And we have warned that these rates were going to go up. Now, we just saw the most recent, another half a percent. We're hearing from the central bankers oh, well, maybe we can put the brakes on this. What really worries me ahead, Roy, is something also that your guest said today is the fear of recession. You know, you put interest rates up higher and it's not just here, it's in the United States and other countries and the fear of going into a recession. Now, Catherine and I might be older, but we don't, we didn't live through the Great Depression. My mom did. I don't hope we don't go there but it is very worrisome what is on the horizon. And also let's not forget the storm clouds right around the world. Um, It is a very scary time indeed, but I am worried about young families. Two thirds of Canadians hold debt and only a third of us don't have debt. And I often have said this, you are a slave to debt and I don't see the possibilities of becoming debt free in certainly 2023, people are just going to try to keep their mortgage payments going and put food on the table. And to me, we said it, Roy, but it really breaks my heart for so many young families. Yeah,
0: no, absolutely. Just, just absolutely, it does. Uh, you will appreciate this, beauties. Uh, Barb writes, uh, "Text Merry Christmas, Roy." Found an old tweet from then MP Justin Trudeau, asking Canadians to sign a petition for Bevill to resign. Funny how things change. <laughs> <laughs> that is just a too whole, good, isn't a whole it?
3: sixteen bucks for orange juice.
0: Isn't that too good though? So, Mister Trudeau, and don't you
3: notice though? I yeah. mean, we have we have all these politicians going over to. Uh, you know, Edinburgh and, and uh, um, the Middle East and whatnot for all these climate conferences. We don't even hear what they pay for orange juice. I would bet it's an awful lot more than $16.
0: I want to know now. <laughs>
3: yeah. But why why doesn't that get covered now is what I'd like to know. Because everybody just went insane about Bevo is sixty dollars. Yeah, but isn't it
0: price. isn't it isn't it poetic though that, that Mr. Trudeau, as an MP, issued a petition asking for signatures to get Bevo to to, res, to resign, and then look at what what they're into now. Yep. Yeah,
3: yeah, and and also talking about ethics and whatnot, which yeah. of course, as Michelle rightly said, they're going right into the tank with this particular government, but. Roy, I, 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 as as you know, my background's economic, so I always tend to focus on the economic. And I, I'd like to just sort of segue from what Linda said. Um, you know, the economy is not great at all. We know everybody's predicting, or virtually everybody's predicting a recession for next year. The debt issue, Linda covered ably, is so troublesome for government and average households. Uh, we see low, relatively low unemployment in Canada, but when you look beyond the you know, just the, the big numbers, you see that it's government employment that's growing, which is not a, a good sign in an economy because that just means future debt for the rest of us that actually pay taxes in the private sector. And despite all this government, we got way more government employees and our, our public services are horrible, whether it's getting a passport or the, the, the massive immigration backlog, our healthcare sucks. Uh, you know, There's so many files on which the government is falling down so miserably. This week, we heard about how government employees don't want to go back to the office. Oh, poor babies. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) you know, you you can't get things done these days. And there's just that frustration. And part of it is a bit of a hangover from the pandemic. But a lot of it is just a dysfunctional uh, economy in a dysfunctional country. Uh, Cost of living, killing your average person, the housing situation. We're bringing record number of immigrants into the country, but we have nowhere to house them. And, of course, they're going to put more pressure on our social services, notably things like health care and, and so on. And yet we got a government that's so focused on climate change. And I was listening to your earlier interview with the, the um, uh, Sylvain Charlebois there for on the food issue that we're all going to be, you know, having to lay off uh, uh, animal products and eat crickets, presumably, in the near future. Uh, <laughs> Until the crickets become endangered. Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> Oh, but I hear there's a cricket factory that has been oh, well, financed by of the things, federal then. government in Ottawa, okay, so we can good. all look forward. Yeah, to- yeah,
0: a lot of crickets in Ottawa. Uh, let me just. Uh, <laughs>
3: yeah, well, yeah. There's not enough crickets. <laughs> let me, in me ask you a quick question. But- let
0: me let me ask you all a quick question, because we've debated this one sort of that it's been leaning toward a debate, and it's is it time for another federal election? <laughs> 2015, 2019, 2021. Here we are approaching two. Tw- 2023 with terrifying speed. Do you foresee, Michelle, let me start with you, do you foresee a federal election possibility for next year? And would you consider it to be a wise move politically?
1: Um, I tend to think that it could very well happen, probably in the third or fourth quarter of next year, depending on how things, you know, shake out, uh, with the economy and several other factors. But it's a distinct possibility because, you know, the the average lifespan of a minority government tends to be about 18 to 20 months. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm thinking that that could very well be. And I think Mr. Singh is going to get tired of, you know, being uh, Mr. Trudeau's crutch propping him up.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I think that they run a very serious risk of totally frustrating Canadians, if they call it a federal election, but we'll see. We'll see. What, uh, Catherine? What wouldn't are your thoughts?
1: stop them? What are your
0: thoughts, Catherine?
3: Well, I certainly wouldn't rule it out. I mean, governments, given that the economy is going south uh, in Canada and in other places around the world, I think they might want to sneak in an election before we get into the depths of that. But I thought Trudeau's comments last week, and he was responding to Pierre Poilievre, uh, saying that Canada isn't broken. <laughs> I thought, well that's that's kinda like when did you stop beating your wife, you know? It's 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 <laughs> oh no, Canada's not broken, folks. But one thing you gotta realize is it's not broken for Trudeau. He's living some of the best times he ever has But and do, his you, do,
0: do you do do you think it would be a wise decision politically for anybody to uh, to encourage um a federal election. Let's say Mr. Singh steps aside, Linda. If Mr. Singh steps aside from his agreement with the uh, with with the Liberals, he was supposed to be on yesterday, but they had uh, weather and travel issues, so he couldn't make it. But is it a wise decision to to, to, oh, to you know? I'm a, I can't get my head around this.
2: No, my first question is, and I go right back to finances, can we bloody well afford another election in Canada? When I look at the government and total debt, we're well over 100% of gross domestic product. I don't think we can afford it. Do we have an appetite for it? I agree with Michelle. There's so much dishonesty. I'd like to fire every one of them so, and bring in some. But I, again, I say, can, can we afford it? And let's look at the geopolitical map of the world for, for, for So there's the,
0: there's the counter question, though, that, that will be asked. Can we afford not to have an election? Well, if I, people say, look at the look at the mess we're in. Is it time for somebody else to take over stewardship of the dollars and cents in the federal government?
3: Yeah, so. I, I, would, I would agree. That's that's that what I would say, Roy, yeah. an election usually costs about half a billion dollars. It's not cheap. You're right, Linda. It's not cheap. But this government is throwing around so much money anyway. Frankly, that kind of looks like a bargain if we can get a better plan going forward.
0: Okay, and you're speaking as the president of the Coalition of Concerned Manufacturers and Businesses of Canada, not as a member of the Conservative Party, right?
3: No, well, and bit, I'll tell you, it, it's, it's really sad there. what's going on. Businesses are giving up on Canada. Yeah, we see terrible oh, yeah. foreign investment trends in Canada. That's true. And I, I, I'm sad at how many businesses I see leaving the country because they just don't see any future here. And that's a lot of good jobs and and a lot of good tax yeah. revenues for government. We should as well. be ex-
0: we should be exporting liquid natural gas to the world that wants it, but that's so another debate for another should. day. Yes, I missed you, I missed you, I missed you guys, and. <laughs> Let's do this again real soon, okay?
3: Oh, Roy! Okay. Happy New Year! Absolutely! Happy... Merry Christmas! Yes. Merry Happy, Happy New Year, everybody! Best of the holidays, everyone! Yes.
0: Yeah! Merry Christmas! Happy New Year, beauties! If you want to hear more, subscribe to the Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green.